Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. It's 3.02. I'm Becky Lynn. And our top story is we're getting an update now from Phoenix Police. Sergeant Bauer is giving us an update on the situation at Central High School. We have allowed the light rail to continue service so that some of these students can get home. We understand that a lot of the students don't get picked up normally by buses or by their parents. So we are offering them the ability to, to get on the light rails and the city buses to get back home with their loved ones. Um, we do ask that any of the students that may have information uh, after getting home, please contact us, non-emergency number. Please contact Silent Witness at 480-WITNESS or 480-TESTIGO uh, with any information about the events that took place at Central High School today. I did get the time frame. The first call that we received for this incident was at 1214 uh, just afternoon. Uh, within 10 minutes of the call coming out, we already had officers on campus starting to speak with witnesses, starting to speak with staff members to try to isolate exactly where this took place. Central High School is a large campus, uh, so that first 10 minutes we had officers on scene speaking with staff and trying to figure out exactly where we needed uh, to concentrate our, our searches on. Uh, right now, again, students are still being released from those classrooms to Indian Steel Park, making their way uh, to the buses and the light rails as it goes on. Uh, we have just received word from the school and the district that we are going to be meeting up inside the school with uh, faculty members to try to figure out what their next step is. Again, the Phoenix Police Department, we still have detectives responding on scene to check for any uh, of the criminal aspect and to get out with any evidence that we may have on scene. Uh, in conjunction with that, we are working with the, the school to figure out what the school would like for their next steps to be. We will facilitate the school uh, in each direction that they want to go. We're also working closely with the other three schools in the area on their lockdown procedures and finding out if they want any assistance from us. Uh, we still don't have word if they want to continue uh, school services or if they're, they're cutting it short. I understand that it's already 3 o'clock. So, again, the uh, light rails are working, the, the city buses are working for the other schools for when they want to uh, release their students. I don't have exact information on how the other schools want to, to participate or how they want our assistance. Uh, we're right now concentrating on just Central High School. So, I am going to go back and speak with the school administration. They do want to have a press brief on what took place. We don't know where we're going to have that at. We don't know when we're going to have that. It's going to come out through our Twitter. Uh, so if you continue to monitor the city Twitter social media feed, you're going to get those updates. Uh, I will also make my way back out here once I, I find out and verify and let you guys know personally where the school plans on having those uh, follow-up interviews. Do I have any questions right now? Any estimate on how much longer it's going to take um, bringing all these kids out, lifting these lockdowns? So there's really not, not very many more classes that we need to work with. Uh, the radio still work in some of those classrooms. Uh, what happens is we want to verify the safety of all the students. So we're going to check the uh, classrooms and we're going to double check them again just to ensure that all students are accounted for, all students are safe. And then we're going to do a secondary search with the criminal investigators to see uh, if there's any collection of evidence, any further witnesses or any, any crimes that occurred. Right now we're basing everything off of uh, word of mouth and reports of shots being fired. We don't have anything 
uh, specific that tells us or leads us to believe that there were shots fired. It's just based off of witness statements at this time and the reports of shots being fired. Any other questions? All right, like I said, uh, watch and, and monitor our Twitter feed. Uh, we're going to put out the updates there for the school, and then I'll also come back here to this intersection and uh, let you know where we're, we're having that next interview. All right? Thank you guys so much for your patience. All right, KTR's continuing coverage of the lockdown at Central High. Uh, you just heard from Sergeant Bowers of the Phoenix Police Department giving us an update. It sounds like uh, everybody's fine, number one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there was even actually a shooting there, but obviously something that alerted uh, uh, folks there to lock the school down for the safety of students. They've done a search of the entire campus. Uh, nothing was found. Everybody's fine. Kids are going home with parents. I think we're okay. And they've restarted the light rail system. Right. Yeah, and some buses going in there so kids can actually get home to see their parents because their parents were told, don't come down here. Right. So, And that this is a good thing. This is what we we rather it be nothing and just concern than something. That's exactly and pandemonium. right. pandemonium. Yeah, we, it sounds like the police and everybody at the school acted appropriately. All right, we'll continue to have coverage of the Central High lockdown here at uh, KTR. Stay with us for that as well as KTR.com. Joining us right now, though, excited to have him, is uh, congressional candidate Jevin Hodge. He's running against David Schweikert in District 1. And, uh, uh, Jevin, uh, welcome to the program. Barry, thank you for having me. It's a great honor to be here. Thank Thanks you. To all the listeners out there. And here with Gail Bass as well. And, uh, Jevin, let me just uh, let me start out by asking you, I, th- I think this is the first office you've run for, uh, certainly within a district, in a congressional district like this. Uh, why are you running for Congress? What's, what's, the, what's the motivating factor to say, hey, you know what, I think I can make a difference and, and, be, and, and be in Congress? Well, I, I appreciate the question. And, Gail, great to be with you as well. I'm running for the United States Congress because I got my opportunity, and I'm going to fight every single day for every Arizona to get there. See, uh, a little bit about my story. I'm an Arizona native, born and raised here in the great state, son of a single parent. And uh, growing up, times wasn't always easy for us. And so, you know, I bust my tail, came out as a young business executive, and, and, and we'll be able to bring realistic change to Washington. You know, we need somebody that's going to work together across party lines to get the job done to deliver for Arizonans. Washington is dysfunctional right now. And I'm going to be that guy that's going to step up and do the job. You know, Jevin, uh, you're, you're saying some uh, things that a lot of people can identify with growing up with a single mom, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and wanting to do something. So how are you going to bridge that aisle? Because we are so divided. Divided right now. How are you going to work with Republicans? Well, you know, here, let's go back to, you know, who we are as people, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. And we don't spend enough time listening before we speak. You know, it, it really comes down to building true relationships and seeing where we have the strategic opportunities to deliver for Arizonans. You can disagree with somebody 99% of the time, but if you can find that 1% to deliver, right, that's where we're going to see that real, last, real lasting change, you know, cutting taxes for the middle class, supporting our local businesses. I'm the president of the longest running head start in the state of Arizona, being able to deliver on the issues that are, are mattering and impacting us most. You know, you look at Arizona, uh, we're, we're, we're breaching a water crisis. We can work across party lines to deliver, but it's going to come back down to spin, get, you know, rolling up your sleeves and getting the job done. And that starts by listening and learning from the other side so that we can work together to deliver real lasting impact. So how are you going to be different from Congressman Schweiker? He's been in there. He knows people. He uh, He's had had time to figure things out and meet the constituents. How are you going to be different? 
Well, I mean, I can start by saying this. You know, David Schweikert puts himself first uh, in Arizona families' lands, right? He's a, he's walking, talking ethics scandal. And, and in Congress, he's only been out there to line his own pockets, right? You see a historic $750,000 fine that has come out. The, United, the you, unanimous co, uh, convictions of his 11 ethical violations. I think that for starters, right, is being that knowing that Arizona people are going to have someone that they can trust. Um, and when you have leadership that you can trust, then the conversation is, starts from a completely different vantage point. And so, you know, it's really going to come back down to making sure that Arizonans, Arizonans in the first congressional district have a leader that they can depend on, that is going to listen and learn from them, and is going to bring their solutions to Washington, not special interest. Jevin Hodge is joining us. Uh, he's running for Congress. And is it District 1? Am I right about that? That's right, right. The entire northeastern part of Maricopa County, District One. All right, so we're we're yeah, the whole so that's uh yeah, most of Maricopa County, right, or a good good chunk of it then. <laughs> A good portion of it. I mean, the simple lines here for this district after redistricting is everything east of the 17 and pretty much north of the 202. The entire uh, city of Scottsdale, Fountain Hills, Cave Creek, Carefree, the two indigenous communities, Salt River, Pima, uh, Fort McDowell, Yavapai, and, and uh, the north uh, the north central Phoenix. You got That's a very, very district when you yeah. have two uh, uh, indigenous communities, you have Scottsdale, then you have, uh, you know, that I-17 corridor. You, right. uh, you know, whoever gets in, you or Schweiker, you guys have a lot of work ahead of you. The economy is number one, and then abortion is also a big issue. Where are you on those? Well, I, I'll tell you this. I believe that we need to put our local economy first. We need to invest in small local businesses. We need to attract high-wage jobs. I mean, look at this. We have two of the greatest institutions in the country just adjacent to the district with Grand Canyon and Arizona State University. We need to leverage the willpower that's coming out of these uh, institutions. And you look at initiatives like the bipartisan infrastructure package. You look at the uh, the semiconductor bill that's going to bring millions of dollars of investment to Arizona. I'm behind those types of initiatives. David Schweikert's voted no. He's voted no on jobs. He's voted no, and he's costing Arizona residents and residents of District 1 dollars and opportunities. And when it comes down to abortion, it is plain and simple. I believe that the government has no role in deciding what you want to do with your body. It is etched in stone in the Constitution that you have the freedom to choose what you so do. And I'm going to uphold the principles of the Constitution. Jevin Hodge is with us. He's running for Congress in District 1 against David Schweikert. Jevin, is there is there a big issue, your number one, number two issue uh, that you are going to focus on when you get to Congress? Yes, sir. So, you know, number one for me is making sure that we're bringing back investment to our local community, you know, making sure that we're investing in our small and local businesses and making sure that we're doing everything that we possibly can. I mean, just, again, echoing the uh, semiconductor bill uh, that is coming here. We're seeing investments uh, at, at the historic rate. Uh, and, 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 you know, just think about the day when we can wake up and make Arizona the solar infrastructure capital. We have the greatest resource with the sun. You know, Arizona, we, we all know the seas of Arizona. Copper is right there. You know, we, we have the talent, we have the resources. Now we just need the investment. And number two, I, as an early childhood leader, I believe that every child, uh, regardless of their zip code or where they come from in this country, deserves high quality early childhood education. It is good for the economy. It's good for the individual. And it's going to be great for this country. So uh, what it sounds like to me is that you should be working for the corp, uh, not the Corporation Commission, but the Chamber <laughs> of Commerce, because you sound like you love your state. 
<laughs> That's exactly. I mean, like you get this, you know. I am I'm an Arizonan through and through, right? You know, and this is where this is where it comes down to, right? It, it's about bringing back investment here for the great state, and I'm willing to work with anybody, like Democrats, Republicans, Independents. I'm a moderate here. I'm a centrist. I'm willing to work with anyone. I'm rolling up my sleeves, and I am going to get the job done to deliver for our Arizona because I, I'm going to prioritize our people. All right, Jevin Hodge, he's running for Congress in District 1, the br- uh, brand new, really, redrawn District 1 against David Schweikert. Jevin, if the folks want to learn more about you and your positions, uh, how do they do that? They can visit JevinHodge.com. That's J-E-V-I-N-H-O-D-G-E. And it's at Jevin Hodge across all social media platforms. All right, there you have it. Jevin Hodge, he's running for Congress. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us on KTAR. I appreciate you, Barry, and thank you so much, Gail. I I had a great time. Thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for joining us. We always appreciate a politician or wannabe politician who will come and talk to us because, hey, their first responsibility is to their constituents and being willing to talk to us and not being willing to talk or debate, you know. Yeah. Well, it's nice to hear somebody for the the first, almost the first thing he said was he wants to work across the aisle and Mm -hmm. talk to Yeah, that's, you don't hear that very often either. Did you hear what he said? I am a centrist. I am a moderate. So there you go. (laughs) You don't hear that very often. Nice. to hear. All right, coming up, uh, Becky Lynn standing by in the KTR News Center. We're going to have the absolute latest update for you from the Central High School that was locked down just moments ago. And then coming up, uh, we've had a couple of folks pass away here in the last few days. We're going to talk about that and uh, really, what? how do you want to be remembered? That's coming up next. Gail Bass, Barry Markson, we're in for Gatos and Chad. It's KTAR. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy. I shouldn't do that here. This is not the segment for that. All right, I'm Barry Marks, and that's Gail Bass. So welcome back to the program. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. The boys are back on Monday. And uh, this is this is a little bit of a sad thing, but it's, it's we, there were a couple people who passed away this week. Uh, one was the captain of the Exxon Valdez, that, that big uh, oil yes. tanker that mm-hmm. crashed. Uh, had to be 20-plus years ago, I guess, at this point, right? I think it was over 20. Yeah. And... And that got me thinking about, because uh, every obituary, everything you read about the guy was just, that was it. And so here's a man lived 75 years, and that's all, when he dies, that's what people think about. Now, in fairness, I'm sure he has a family, he has friends that think of him in many, many different forms and many of the things he did. But it, it got me thinking that you live your whole life, you do hopefully do a lot of good things. I'm sure everybody does some things that they wish they hadn't done, some regrets. Uh, but you hope you're remembered for the whole picture, not just one thing. Uh, and then, Gail, that, that got us talking a little bit about Bernard Shaw, who yeah. passed away this week. Yeah, now, just to remind people, uh, Joseph Hazelwood was the captain of the Exxon Valdez. That happened in 1989. Wow. 89. So that's 32, 33 and, years ago. And the ago. images wow. that are lasting to me of that is not only the oil spill, yeah. but of Dawn soap being used to wash ducks. The ducks, that's yeah, right. And you see that all the time still. I remember that. Yeah, so when there when there's an oil spill, I'm thinking, they're using Dawn. Did they break out the Dawn? Can we just spill a Dawn in the ocean when something spills? <laughs> the best you know? marketing of all time. That yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's significant that Bernard Shaw passed away because, you know, cable news hasn't always been with us. Just like I have to tell people, you know, I, I like my boyfriend has twins and we were at a museum driving back from uh, <laughs> Oatman, Arizona, and we took him inside and we showed him how you use a rotary dial. Well, cable news, <laughs> cable news wasn't always here. We had networks, ABC, CBS, NBC. Right. That was it. This was before Fox News. This is before you had local Fox News stations that I'm aware of. Right. Um, and well, Fox didn't have news. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, but Bernard Shaw was the first 
anchor for CNN. Right. And he was an, for those people who don't know who he is, never seen him, he's an African American. I mean, that was very bold of them to do that back when they did. He was the first African American uh, anchor. And when we say Mm -hmm. anchor, he was, it wasn't like one of the guys throughout the day. He was, back then, it was the three big anchors. It was probably Tom Brokaw and Peter Mm -hmm. Jennings and um, probably Dan Rather. It was Dan Rather. And then it was, and then Bernard Shaw joined that group. Mm -hmm. And he was African American and CNN. Yeah. And, you know, as you were mentioning to me earlier, when he started, we were at war. And yeah. CNN was getting a lot of attention then. He he became somebody that people were watching because the other guys were on for the, 30 minutes. Yeah, there was 30 for yeah. just to take you young folks back. Back in my day when there was <laughs> it was just CNN. And so everybody was tuning into that. Right. And you only I mean, and it was it was a cable channel, so it didn't go off. Right. And you had a half hour with the other ones. And the next thing you know. Cable news is everywhere, and that was that that changed the news business because the big three networks they were big, but now you have cable news that never went off. Right, it, it's it's a different landscape now for sure. What what did that mean for you? Did, did, was it meaningful to you at all to have an African American anchor? Uh, in the news oh, nationally. Yeah. yeah. For those people who don't know, uh, I'm a, I'm a black woman. So seeing somebody who looks like yourself and people are talking about woke agendas and critical race theories, but let's just face it. When you're a woman and you see another woman who's probably soon going to walk in the moon, that's a big deal. When you right. see a black person doing something you haven't seen them done, do before, it opens your eyes to things. So like, I could try that too. I could do that too. So, um, you know, when you say, and what's interesting to me is like uh, when I was working at KTAR uh, full time, Obama was elected and I asked one of the young folks who is somebody who's white. And I'm like, is it a big deal to you that we're electing a black president? And he says, not really. It's just, you know, it's like a kind of surprise. It hasn't happened till now. I'm like. I, I'm not surprised, but, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, for, for, it, it means different things for different people based on what they're, they're, how they've been raised, what right. they've been around, you know, so, yeah. So but, it was significant for me. Yeah. Were you, did you know then that you were going to go into this business or? I, again, like, I wanted to be a diplomat. Oh, that's right. I wanted to work right. for the State Department. I wanted to, you know, eventually be like Condi Rice, be Secretary of State. And then I realized in college, that's probably not going to happen. So, All right. So, <laughs> never know. You think Condi Rice knew that in college that she was going to be there? Condi Rice was more, she, well, first of all, she was at Stanford and uh, I was at UC Berkeley, so there's that. Well, Berkeley's That was her right. first and only mistake. But. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Gail Baz. I'm Barry Markson. Uh, sitting in for Gatos and Chad today. Uh, still lots to come. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to be holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn's here. She's going to give us some of the headlines. We'll, we're going to hold them up. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. try to sound like I'm holding something heavy up like Chad. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Okay, and, uh, Atlas, hold the world <laughs> on your shoulders. We're going we're gonna to interrupt the headlines and we'll have that for you coming up in just a couple minutes. And then the other, coming up after that, we're going to talk about our pets a little bit uh, and how much uh, we spend on our pets. The monthly average people spend on their pets, it's going to surprise you. It surprised me. Uh, Gail Bass, Barry Markson. Stay with us, folks. It's uh, Holding Up the Headlines is next with Becky Lynn on KTAR. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. 
All right, we're holding up the headlines. Gators and Chad Show, we hold up the headlines. Becky Lynn brings them to you, then we give you some commentary. Let's uh, get it over to Becky Lynn and the KTR News Center. Okay, we're going to get the latest details now of our top story this afternoon. A scare at Central High School in Phoenix that resulted in a lockdown after reports of possible gunshots on campus. KTR's Colton Krolak is live at Central with more details. That's right, Becky. Police are saying Central High School has been cleared and students are still being released. They are um, stressing that there have not been any confirmed shooting injuries or has there been confirmed shots being fired. Uh, Police are now asking students for help in figuring out just what happened. We do ask that any of the students that may have information uh, after getting home, please contact us, non-emergency number. Please contact Silent Witness at 480-WITNESS or 480-TESTIGO with any information about the events that took place at Central High School today. Sergeant Brian Bauer with Phoenix PD says detectives are still combing the scene looking for any criminal evidence. Parents are being told to pick up their kids at Central and Glen Rosa. Police said kids whose parents cannot pick them up will be set up with rides through public transit. We're expecting a press briefing with school officials briefly. We'll continue to bring you updates as we have them. Reporting live, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Thanks, Colton. Now, while Phoenix police are still investigating whether gunshots were in fact fired, many families got some horrifying text messages from students who were in the school. Maritza is a young woman who tells KTAR her younger brother texted her when he heard the popping sound. Around 1230, I, um, I got a phone call from my little brother telling me that there was like basically shots going off in the school. She says her boyfriend also has siblings in the school and they are working to reunite. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. All right, the big breaking news here in Arizona that uh, Central High was was locked down. Fortunately, it sounds like we're not entirely sure if shots were in fact fired. Definitely interesting to hear uh, from one of the students, uh, a sister, saying that uh, he heard pops. People thought it was gunfire. We're going to find out what happened, I'm sure, from students and teachers who were there. Uh, But uh, I think the really good news is the police responded well. It sounds like the school responded well. Uh, Hopefully, it wasn't more than in essence, an elaborate drill that there really wasn't somebody there firing shots, but we're going to find out. But the great news is nobody hurt. Everybody's fine, and it seems to have been handled well. Uh, it, that's what I want to focus on, how well it was handled, because yeah. think about it. That is a very congested area, and they're telling parents, don't come down there. And the first thing parents are going to come do is come down there, because we've seen this time and time again where you think something's happening and happening at a school, and in the past it's been deadly. Right. Here, the police are now telling people where to go, Cam, uh, you know, Glen Rosa and Central to you know pick up their kids. But, you know, we have three, four schools affected, uh, Central, Xavier, Brophy and the Coding Academy, right. and uh, yeah, I mean that is those are a lot of students, Big a schools. lot of parents worried. But you know what? Kudos to the police for handling it like they did, and the school. So we're, we're holding up the headlines. A new Sorry. Arizona law that restricts the filming of police officers has been temporarily blocked from going into effect. And KTAR's Luke Forstner is live in the news center to tell us more about this story. Well, Becky, it's the result of a lawsuit filed by the ACLU and several state news organizations. Chris Klein with the Arizona Broadcasters Association explains why they're arguing the law violates the First Amendment. Whether I'm Citizen Joe or Journalist Joe, no one can tell me... I'm I'm 
not allowed to film what's happening publicly. And police officers and law enforcement around the state already have tools in place that allow them to keep themselves safe. Now, he says their goal is to get the law permanently banned. The state has until next Friday to decide whether or not they'll defend the law. Live from the News Center, Luke Forstner, KTAR News. All right, that's a that's a big story. The federal judge coming down with that decision today to, at least for now, pause uh, the implementation of this law. It was set to take effect on uh, September 24th. And it, it, it really, from, from the day one when this was introduced by John Kavanaugh, I said this was unconstitutional. You have a First Amendment right, uh, as you said earlier, Gail, if you're out in public, you don't have a right of privacy, you have a First Amendment right to film the police doing their job, as long as you're not invading their space. If you're not, look, if you're putting them in danger, or other people in danger, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. And there are already laws in the books that deal with that. This was, it certainly seemed designed to stop allowing people to film the police and to provide a deterrent where any officer at any time could say, stop filming me, and if you didn't, you could be arrested. That's not good. Yeah, well, it it didn't seem like it would be effective. People have dash cams that they don't know are picking up police activity that could be, you know, you could be parked on the side of the road and something's happening. But also, cameras have zoom lenses. Yeah. That's all I need to say. Cameras have zoom lenses. Yeah. So you, I could be 10 feet away and zoom in like I'm three feet you, away. You can get it anyway. So I guess, I guess that's true. But the idea here is, for me, is limiting the ability of journalists and other people mm-hmm. to film the police, especially journalists, to say you can't go out there and do your job and see what public employees are doing. I mean, that's something we should be permitted to do, again, as long as it's not interfering with the officer doing his job. Well, look at the police that were just having a press conference in front of the Central yeah. High School. Like... We were right in their faces because oh. they wanted us to know what was going on. Yeah. And look, a lot, most of the time, thank goodness, we have a good police department here in Phoenix. We have things we could talk about, certainly. But uh, most of the time, having the cameras on works out for the police. Show them what you did. We're holding up the headlines. Arizona votes. The Maricopa County Attorney's Office has been plagued with scandal and loss over the past few years. Now two candidates are running for that spot of top attorney with hopes to turn the office around. And KTAR's Taylor Tassler is live in the News Center to tell us what the candidates have to say. Yeah, Becky, in a debate recorded this morning for 12 News' Sunday Square Off, Democrat Julie Gunnigal and Republican Interim County Attorney Rachel Mitchell pled their case as to why they should be the next county attorney. And Gunnigal called the office corrupt. We have seen our protesters be charged under a fully invented gang while she was the head of the conviction integrity unit. But Mitchell says she was brought in to clean up the division. I actually recommended the dropping of charges because I felt that they were overcharged. When I became county attorney, I fired the person who was responsible for those charges. Reporting live in the News Center, Taylor Tassler, KTAR News. All right, this is a big story. And if you remember back, it was the Phoenix Police Department and some of these prosecutors, they charged protesters who were really doing nothing more than protesting. But they charged them with much more severe crimes. They made folks hire lawyers. They, they put people's lives at risk. I mean, it was actually very big of what they did. And this is an issue that's I'm, I'm actually glad to see it take somewhat center stage uh, in this county attorney race, uh, making sure that we protect each other's rights. Look, you want law enforcement doing their job and putting bad people away, but abusing that power is something we have to be very careful of. Well, the thing is, is that you have to remember that if somebody's protesting and they're protesting peacefully and they are not a gang because there are pro-choice marches and there are pro-life marches and we didn't see that kind of stuff. You don't see people getting arrested, that kind of stuff. And then you see this one and, you know, it, it, 
it, you have to remind people about the Constitution. People have the right to address grievances that they have with their government. It gives us the right to protest. And, and, and if you don't like it, you can't be a snowflake. You have to deal with the fact that people disagree with you. And if they're not throwing rocks and tearing up businesses, which they shouldn't do, then you got to let them do what they want to do. It'll be interesting to see this debate on uh, Sunday Square Off with Bram Resnick on Sunday. We're holding up the headlines. KTAR Eyes on Education. Uptown Jungle in Peoria is now accepting taxpayer money from the Empowerment Scholarship Accounts Program to pay for unlimited play memberships at its indoor playground. And that's not sitting well with critics of ESA funds, which can also be used to pay for private school tuition and other educational expenses. State Public Schools Chief Kathy Hoffman explains. This type of program and also programs like swim lessons with Aquatots is considered physical education and that's why it's allowed. She adds while her office oversees the program, it does not set the rules of what expenses are allowed under the ESA program. That is the job of the State Board of Education. So Becky Lid, I'm going to ask you to stay here for this one. You're telling me that people can get their what should be voucher money to go to a private school and they're using it for Swim lessons and a, and a play place? An indoor play place because the State Board of Education has ruled that that is physical education, which is an educational uh, subject, and you can use your taxpayer dollars to cover that. This is the most ridiculous thing I've, I've heard. So this is money. It's already bad enough we're supposed to take this money out of the public schools and give it to private schools. Now we're taking it and letting parents not even pay for the normal t- sending your kid to somebody's birthday party at a, at a play place. Pretty, well, is, for a membership, it says. Like the, like you would buy a membership because, you know, these there's a lot of these places you can buy a season's pass. Yeah. So if you bought the season pass and you took your kid there once a week, you would be fulfilling their physical education <laughs> requirement. Wow. Okay, not taking some sides here um as devil's advocate if you are homeschooling your child all right and you don't have a pool all right this might be you know right. I, I could that's where i would see this but okay. h- however i mean how many of these places are out there and are they open to yeah. i mean i don't i don't understand that's, this that's a good that's a good point if someone's homeschooling and this is going to be your physical education part of and homeschooling that, yeah that I, would be that would okay. be how this would be that's yeah. a great point thank you gail we're holding up the headlines. You feel a whole lot better about that now? Nah, not that much, but a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Becky Lynn. And always uh, always fun to hold up the headlines. We do that every day at about 3.30. Uh, coming up next, uh, our pets. Uh, we love our pets. We spend money on our pets. And uh, a new survey, they figured out how much, on average, people spend on their pets. It's uh, The number's going to surprise you. It surprised me. Stay with us. Gail Bass is here. I'm Barry Marks. And in for the guys, it's KTAR. <laughs> Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. Barry Marks and Gail Bass sitting in for Gatos and Chad. The boys are back on Monday. And, uh, Gail, uh, you, you, have a, you have a dog? Walter, yes. Walter, He's All right. 11. He's a rescue pit mix. You're so nice. I'm, uh, I have a dog, Max. Uh, he's, uh, he's eight mm-hmm. uh, and not a mix, not a rescue. What is he? <laughs> he's Golden Doodle. Oh, a designer he's, dog. He's a seventy-five pound cutie, but uh, he's a big he's a big dog. Uh, but this is this was interesting to me because uh, they, they came out with this. They did a study. They figured out the average amount people spend on their pets, uh, and it's three hundred eight dollars a month. I mean, that's actual money. Three hundred eight dollars a month on food and medicine. You know, med- you know, medical bills, vet bills, the whole deal. Uh, is, is that is that number high or low in your mind? That's uh 
that's higher than I expected. I mean, are people, t- is this including like play dates at like care facilities <laughs> and on vacation and they're like averaging it out over yeah. a year or whatever or it's, something like that? It must be some of that. You know, the occasional vet bill and stuff, you probably average that out a month too. And I mean, mm-hmm. that, those always surprise you, right? You take the dog in, he says, you have to, I'd have to do a teeth cleaning. And you're like, all right, how much does that cost? And I was like, well, it's $700. Like $700. I had to get, what? I recently <laughs> had to get Walter's chest x-rayed because he had bronchitis. <laughs> and that was like a hundred and something dollars. And then, you know, oh, he had to get man. his meds. He got some steroids. And uh, I mean, his meds cost more. Me, I'm relatively healthy, knock on wood, compared to him. But yeah, it's and crazy. he's 11. He's getting older. Yeah. He can't jump on my bed anymore. He can't even jump on the couch and cuddle. I have to pick him up so to we, put him on the couch. So, so yeah. Our expenses went up. It's costing me more for now for yeah. an older dog. Well, that's that's natural, I guess. Our, our our expenses went up in the last year or so. So it was, it, this is such an embarrassing story, but we always got like the Costco dog food. He's a big dog and he's yeah. a lot. We get the big, ours was the yellow bag. I think it was like the chicken I sometimes flavor. get the yellow, sometimes get the blue. Yeah. So we get the big bag and we bring that home and he always ate it. And But he was ever, even as a puppy, he was never a dog that, you know, you know most, most people we know, they put their dog food out and the mm-hmm. dog like attacks it like they haven't eaten in five days. And the dog will jump in there and finish everything, you know, eat anything in sight. They, they empty the bowl. And Max never did that. Max would you know, put the food down and go, all right, I'll get to it when I'm hungry. And I always wish I was like that, that I wouldn't jump at the plate as soon as someone put the food down in front of me. I, I don't have that uh, that luxury. So we were always just, well, that's how Max is. He's not that into food. So then we had to have some dental work done and some things done. We had to give him soft food for a while. And they gave us like this canned food. We opened it up a couple times and it was disgusting. It just didn't even look appetizing. So we went and got him some of that new like natural dog food. Like it's in the refrigerator. Like it's better mm-hmm. food than you eat. And I eat. It's crazy. So they, they, uh, we gave him that and some stuff funny happened. We put the, fo- the bowl down. And he scarfed the whole bowl down immediately. Oh, yeah. I just started recently <laughs> giving Walter canned foods. And yeah. he's like, mm, mm. Yeah. And, he, and he loves sweet potatoes. Do sweet potatoes. <coughs> Is that right? Ooh, okay. that boy loves yams oh. like he's from the South or something. That boy loves his yams. So it, it just cracks me up. So now we, we're going to, we have to buy food like every week and have it in the fridge for him. And we cut it up and do this whole thing. Oh, I just, I mix up the yams. Really? With the, with the wow. Costco bag food. Oh, yeah. Oh. Walter, he's he gets more food prep than I get we sometimes. Tr- we tried that. We tried mixing the the, the dry food in with the, this new stuff. He had he he had none of it. He would lick around it sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but you know. But Walter is like Max. He's like, I don't feel like eating right now. I'll get to eventually. Oh uh, well, now he now he empties the bowl. We put it and, down, and, and you know, and he's like a little. Gone. He's like he's only like forty pounds, so he's uh, a little muscularly like he's got these great shaped legs. I'm like, <laughs> and he loves like and he loves people food though. I'm yeah. one of those people. I'm like, he's a mutt. I'm going to just give him, that's part of my diet plan. Like, I'm not going to eat this whole hamburger. I'll only eat half of it. Right. And then I'll give the other half to Walter. It's, uh, well, that's nice. Yeah, we don't give him. I we, should not do that, we, but I did. We, and you know what? He made it to 11, so there. They're doing fine. <laughs> we give him, we give him some scraps when we make some, when we make a steak or something like that. But otherwise, he eats that, he eats the dog food. But boy, it's expensive. I mean, so that's like $3,500, $4,000 a year to take care of your dog. That's a lot. And that's, that's uh, hoping nothing bad worth happens. Worth it. It's definitely worth they don't, it. They don't, if the dogs talk back, then there would be. <laughs> I, I wonder. I'm glad I wouldn't get in years of him telling me how bad the food was. Becky Lynn standing by in the KTR News Center. We'll have an update for you on that lockdown at Central High. And also coming up, it's midterm mayhem. We'll tell you the latest on the gubernatorial debate, the latest uh, thing that Carrie Lake said, and uh, everything else in the political atmosphere in Arizona. Stay with us, folks. It's the Gatos and Chad Show.